guys, um, welcome to this episode of The Modernist, a podcast dedicated to empowering your modern individual. In this episode, we welcome and meet Laura Moore, the founder of Mind, Money and Soul, and a money mindset coach. In this episode, we discuss with Laura the concept behind her own brand and mindset towards managing our money. We hope to leave you feeling confident, able to build your own wealth and make your own rules by the end of this episode. So without further ado, let's get started. Good. Nice to see you, Laura. Um, please, can you start by introducing yourself? What do you do? Um, yeah, you go for it. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Laura Ann Moore, and I am a money mindset expert, financial coach, educator, speaker, <laughs> podcast host, all of the things. And my focus is around helping people to get financially confident and learn how to build wealth and um, improve their money mindset, really. So focusing on the emotional, practical and the spiritual sides of money. Amazing. Yeah. So I guess a bit of a background, me and Laura met um, through like Instagram, mm. uh, where I saw kind of all the like incredible stuff she was doing and actually wanted to get like money mindset coaching myself. Um, we went through like a six month program and I think it really like revolutionized the way that I even handled my own money so I highly recommend for anyone <laughs> to to take that on even if you don't I guess think you have a problem with money I think uh-huh. it's really great to understand your like deep emotional ties with it so uh-huh. I guess tell us a bit because this is very niche and I think there are not that many people doing that can you tell us a bit about how you got involved in that um, particularly your coaching business and then how that kind of led to the podcast you're doing now um, yeah, so um yeah, so thank you for that. It was very lovely working with you. Um, I'm glad to hear it helped so much. So I got into all of this from my own personal experience, really, with money, from you know, seeing the negative side of money when I was at home and in a stressful environment with, you know, three brothers and sisters, not much money. My dad was self-employed, he didn't really make much. Um and I sort of went on, got a full-time job with the hopes that I would basically be able to save £15,000 that I could go to drama school. And when I was then saving that money, I ended up um, very last minute making a decision to go traveling with two best friends. And I had this sort of light bulb moment where I was like, oh, I didn't have to decide what I wanted to do based on which one I could afford. It was based on which one I wanted to do. And that's where I really got to experience, I guess, the positive side of money and how powerful money can be and it kind of pushed me down this path of talking about it online sharing my experiences through my blog and through my Instagram and people weren't really talking about it this was a couple of years ago and now there's a lot of financial influencers sort of around and I obviously have my niche which is money mindset which is definitely very niche compared to just sort of you know uh, the more practical stuff and I just took a real interest in understanding I've always had an interest in psychology and the way that our brain works and then financial psychology and why we spend and act the way we do with money Mm. and I did my coaching qualification in 2021 and learn about my own money blocks and beliefs and what was holding me back from going full-time in my business and yeah it kind of just I I went um I went full-time in my business July 2022 so what's that like nine months ago maybe yeah um And yeah, it's kind of just, it has honestly been one of those things where it's like, I fell into it. And every day I am just seeing what happens. And I've always wanted to have a podcast. Um, I mean, as you'll probably learn at the end of this podcast, I like to talk. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like to talk, I like to share. And that's literally the only reason why I have a podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun, isn't it? You're just like, I get an opportunity to just talk. Like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of just taken off from there, really. And it's, yeah, it's been quite the ride. But yeah, through my own personal experience, I've kind of got to where I'm at. Mm, amazing perhaps um it'll be great to dig in a little bit further about what you said kind of about the transition to kind of a full-time job that you had into your own business um what was kind of that process like what were kind of some challenges that you faced Uh, I imagine it's quite a hard thing as well because you're kind of so used to getting your like monthly paycheck had you as well you know plan your personal finances when you're kind of self-employed oh it's funny you ask that because I'm literally just writing some notes up for a podcast I'm going to record called how to budget when you're (laughs) (laughs) self-employed so I've kind of been through it all really you know I've been part-time work in retail and and um as a waitress to a full-time nine-to-five salary where I worked for about nine and a half years to being self-employed to being a contractor to then being a director of my own business so I've kind of done it all and the challenges I guess is uh you know first and foremost mindset my beliefs around money were that money's really hard to make. So it stopped me going self-employed because I was so addicted to the monthly paycheck. And I always remember someone saying to me, when you have a nine to five, you get paid 12 days of the year, but there are 365 days in the year. Why wouldn't you want to be paid on all of them? And I was like, Oh my God, I love that. And I do think, and, and nine to fives, are for some people I don't think everybody should be an entrepreneur or business owner and I think it's glamorized um and I've done it and I definitely I wouldn't say I went in naively but maybe um it's it's challenging it's hard it's you know you wake up and you have to motivate yourself because if you don't work you're not making money and right now I'm not financially independent in the way of you know I've got so much money in investments that I don't have to work as luck as much as I love my business and my career I still have to do it um but I wouldn't change it for the world. So yeah, I think quitting a job after nine and a half years and basically the same company was mm. so hard because I had to convince my, well, I had to rewire my subconscious to know that money doesn't have to be hard to make, to have an abundant mindset and to know that I actually can make money doing this because there weren't a lot of people doing it. I was like, oh, let's just hope for the best. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 um, I, I like with what you said. You kind of have to motivate yourself. What would you? What are kind of things that keep you kind of motivated? What do you do to kind of share share with our listeners who might be kind of struggling with perhaps keeping themselves motivated? I think you are. You need to find your why. So I think first of all, people assume that motivation comes first, mm. but it doesn't. Action comes first, and then motivation follows. So when you start doing, I know for a fact if I've got a big task ahead of myself whatever that looks like if I've got a big task I, I I'll wait for the right you know if I wait for the right moment oh I'm going to feel motivation now it doesn't happen you procrastinate there's other things you do you keep yourself busy whereas if you say right I'm going to I'm going to put a time on the clock notifications off and I'm going to do 10 minutes just at least make a start most of the time 10 minutes in you're cracking on and actually you end up spending an hour on it and I think first of all it's understanding like where motivation comes from and if you are if you have a side hustle or a hobby and you're trying to turn it into a main job or uh, like a career do know that when you turn it into something that is making you money and it is your main source of income the enjoyment from it does change like there's stats around it so I went from you know I remember having a full-time job and then it would get to the evenings and the weekends and I would write articles and I would make little videos for Instagram and I, I just loved it I loved every second of it there was no pressure I could do it if I wanted I didn't have to and then now 
you know, I do it and and it's my job. I have to do it. And there's days where I absolutely love it and I, I don't even need to worry about motivation. There are days where I literally have to force myself and that comes down to discipline and routines, having routines and, and, and um, I guess, organisation. Like I am a very organized person. Like I definitely, um, there's something in some of my charts, which is all to do with, you know, my, my love for lists and things like that. And um, yeah, finding your why as well and understanding on an emotional level, like, why are you doing what you do? Like I do this because I was, you know, I wanted to be an actress. I was very passionate about that. And then I changed, you know, it, that changed for me, but I didn't want to be in a standard nine to five. It didn't bring me joy and doing this does bring me joy. And that naturally just comes with, the shit sometimes so yeah I'm really tapping into why I think is very powerful for motivation yeah, as well I think that's definitely very wise words I think um yeah whenever I think you're doing something from a place that's I think bigger than uh like just superficial things I think it, it definitely adds meaning and I think it it you know gets you out of bed excited and I think that's really important um I guess now kind of moving on to a bit more general kind of money issues and topics what do you think you know from the clients and the people that you work with and just things that you see in general what are kind of the biggest money issues with our kind of generation today a big top big question but (laughs) um I think there's a I guess one of the most prevalent is the fact that we live in a world where everything is instant and convenient you know you go on Amazon and you can get something the next day and people think that wealth building is that and also you you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok and you see people living these lives which look very lavish. Maybe you've got people jetting around the world. You've got people in new clothes all the time, going to parties or whatever that looks like, living the life that maybe you want and it requires a lot of money. And you compare, you get, you know, consumerism includes people marketing and big, big brands constantly telling us there's something wrong with us and that we need to fix it and therefore we need to spend money. So I think the combination all of all of those things is a lack of um I guess self-worth making you fit when when you don't have very good self-worth or you have low self-esteem it makes you spend your money in a way which is very very self-sabotaging you'll struggle to hold on to money feel deserving of money it'll stop you from earning more growing it investing it all of that and then also the constant need or or leaning into impulse of spending money on things that you don't need to impress people you don't really care about so Mm -hmm. I think probably I guess in this generation they're two of the biggest issues obviously Mm -hmm. there are loads of other ones um or I guess actually another one of our generation is that um back our parents age it was so much easier to buy property and now it's not and that's just the lay of the land it's just the way it is because of you know inflation and all these the economy um so it's understanding different ways to build wealth um so that's I guess more of a practical one yeah I think um actually on the top of kind of housing it is actually insane I think um so I know someone I think they brought their property in, in um like a really nice part of London it was like West London for I think it's like 500,000 now it's worth like millions and it's just wow. like it's amazing just the yeah. kind of um yeah just the growth um and yeah now we have to like kind of contend with a like the fact that it's really expensive and mortgages are hard to get and you have to be in a really high paying job so it is really tough um and I think as well like for me personally like getting on the housing ladder is like the most important thing because like paying rent is like such a waste of money <laughs> in my opinion because in London it's like extortionate prices or yeah. like you're paying a thousand plus a month like you could be putting that towards like saving up or you know so it really it's it is I think a real struggle especially in big yeah. cities 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and just to add to that, I think I think it's hard because I do think renting is demonized. I know that a lot of people that have the same opinion and on a financial basis, yes, you would rather be putting money that you spend on rent towards a house. But the issue is like the house prices used to be about three to four times higher than the average salary. Now they're nine and a half times higher. And I know so many people that have gotten the property ladder because society tells them to or their parents tell them to and they go, oh God, I've absolutely fucked up because I didn't realize how expensive it was going to be. So I think if you have a goal to buy a house, it's a really good goal, but you just got to make sure it's your goal and that you're doing it for you and not just. So so many other ways to build wealth now, mm. uh, but it is an interesting topic. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess on um, on kind of um, more the money mindset side, um, there are a lot of people that do struggle with their money mindset. And I think perhaps there's a lot of like lack of, like a lack mentality I think we see in people have you yourself ever struggled or had kind of yeah like a journey with money mindset yourself if you're happy to share that yeah so for me I absolutely had a lack mentality when I was you know 16 17 18 early teen early 20s because like I said my dad was self-employed we didn't have much money and you make this connection like oh making money is hard that's that was my belief and I got my when I got my first job Argos when I was 16 and even then when I was at my full-time job when I was 19 I would hoard money so even though I was able to save that 15,000 pounds which was super cool you know such a good thing to do it came from a place of fear and scarcity it wasn't empowering in that respect it was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, I don't know where my money's going to go. I need financial security. I so it came from a panic and it was definitely a lack mentality. Now, luckily, the end result and the consequence of that was that I saved loads of money and I had a really good experience. And it wasn't really until I did my financial coaching qualification that I then was able to acknowledge that that was my mindset, realized that it was a borrowed belief from my dad and was it was stopping me from going full time in my business. So I worked through that to be able to go full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's well, it's 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 new level, new devil. So there's always new points. You know, if I have a 5k month, my brain is like, well, you can't have any more than that. Or if I, you know, or whatever that looks like. So, um, yeah, leaning, leaning into and growing an abundance mindset is one of the most important things that I talk to my work, my clients and stuff like yeah, that. No. It's not just about money. It's about opportunities as well. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're sharing as well is very much your kind of past experiences as well with, you know, your childhood and stuff. And I think when we did our coaching together as well, I realized that actually like your past can have such an impact on your present and in very like subtle ways. Um, Can you tell us a bit about like through other people you work with, how does that impact kind of your clients? And yeah, like what advice can you give to people who might think they're not affected but yeah it's share a little bit about about more of the past impacting the present so basically when just to give an overview when you're between the ages of zero to seven and even in the womb um you are you have a subconscious mind and you're what we have one now but your 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 brain is basically you've got uh, slower or different brain waves so mm. everything that you hear everything that you see everything that you experience you chuck into your subconscious and you take it to be true. So you're programming the the subconscious mind. And 
because you know as humans we learn through behavior and learn experiences so if we see our parents struggling with money or you know on the flip side if you see a parent who is very frivolous and is always spending and goes oh don't worry about money we take all of these learnings they go into our subconscious now as we get older and you start to build your analytical mind where you start to question stuff and you start to apply logic to it you are then applying those beliefs to your situation so, for example, with me and the belief that I had around making money being hard, that was that was lodged in there from a really young age, like like I say, by the age of seven, when your money mindset is kind of set in stone at that point. Now, the key thing is that I say set in stone, but is in it then manifests in different ways as an adult. It might manifest into you struggling to spend, you struggling to save, you being scared of money, you you thinking money makes you greedy or evil. And there are so many different ways that you can inherit beliefs. You can have generational ones, so parents and um, grandparents. You can have religious ones, so if there are certain beliefs about money in certain religions, societal beliefs. So a UK one is that you know having money is, makes you greedy and you shouldn't talk about it. Um, and then your own personal experience about how you feel about yourself and your own life and they build up this picture of how you view money works in the world and then you go out into the world with that belief and your brain is very clever because it will try and find examples of what you're saying to prove that you're true it's true so your brain isn't here to keep you happy it's here to keep you safe so if you're saying that that, that you're really bad at budgeting because you know you maybe had a bad experience or you, you had things that your parents said your brain will go out and look for examples to say yeah oh my god you are and it will ignore all of the good stuff it will just find ways to to reinforce that and so it goes both ways that if you are if you have positive beliefs and you really believe something about yourself to be true over time it will happen and it will be true because you will act in alignment with that and your brain will literally go out and search for examples of what it is that you're saying so understanding that no one is um what's the word like I guess excluded from the way that the subconscious and the conscious mind work everybody will have a money story so what happened to you as a child and everybody will have a money mindset and your money mindset quite literally affects the way that you handle your money so we think that we make our decisions from a place of logic but we actually make them from the place of emotion so understanding what your emotions are towards money is so key and when you can start to identify and unpick that um, and question some of your behaviors around money then you can start to acknowledge okay what's my mindset and how is this having an impact and it's not to say that everybody has a bad or a negative experience you might you know have been really lucky and had parents who were really great role models and actually your beliefs around money only help you and you're like I can't fault myself like Mm. amazing but most of the time, because of the, what it's like in the UK and the way that we view money, it being so taboo, everybody has something that's kind of tripping them up. Um, yeah, so it's always good to, to, I guess, do some journaling around that to understand how you feel about money, how you feel about saving and spending. What did you hear growing up? What do you, what do you believe to be true about money? And just asking yourself those questions can be the best first step into understanding what your relationship with money is. Mm, absolutely and I think I think it's yeah to some degree very much self-awareness as well because I think we often kind of do things monotonously and not actually think oh like why am I doing that um so I think having that kind of almost like sit down with yourself and be like okay like I'm investing in this because of this I'm doing this because of this and um I did like an investment course a few a little while back that was you know about to some degree the emotion that comes with investing because there are people who just like 
gets so like t- you know tied up emotionally that they you know put all their money in this one stock and it crashes that they lose all the money so it's kind of that like understanding your kind of views around that and um I, you also mentioned kind of the first step so journaling and things like that what what are kind of further things to kind of really for your listeners to get a really good idea of their relationship with money uh, and what can they do daily uh, almost to kind of um really understand their spending habits um, so I think so so two things one of them is um I sort of create this like mini method called the ABCA method which is A stands for awareness which you get through journaling or working with a coach so really understanding what's my money story what my money beliefs what's holding me back what would I like etc B is the believing that you can change so having a growth mindset and not thinking that the way that you have always been is how you always have to be with money because that's where people trip up they have a fixed mindset they go no this is how I've always been I've always been a spender I've always been x y and z and it's always going to be that way believing like yeah okay maybe I acted that way in the past but I know that I can change C is about changing your language. So words are so powerful and they they create emotion in our body and that's where what drives our behavior. So if you want to change your behavior towards something, you have to change your emotion and you do that through words and visual aids as well. So visualizations. And then finally is about building an abundance mindset, which is the A. So really just uh, like we mentioned, believing that there is opportunity out there and looking for the good in the world. And that kind of the one thing I say to kind of help that is about practicing gratitude for what you've already got. And this can really then help with spending, because when you are acknowledging what you already have, you are less likely to feel the need to fill a like to, to fill a void within you with spending money on things nothing wrong with things and having things but you want it to all be purchased consciously Mm. new items new things new experiences consciously because you're doing it you can afford it makes you feel good not because you feel like shit you're bored you're lonely you're stressed and you're trying to change your emotional state and and practicing that I guess mindful spending is um so important when it comes to just your overall like financial well-being Mm, absolutely and I think um actually this reminded me of I think when we did our coaching that um we were you know obviously I like clothes and stuff and we were like how can we better manage that so that I don't like see this nice thing and it's like you go and buy it and you overspend that month month and we kind of suggested setting up like a money pot where you kind of put money in at the beginning of the month and that's the money that you could spend on nice things so it's not kind of like limiting yourself but it's been like hey like this is this is what I have and this is what I've got to spend on this item and I think that again it kind of comes down to a little bit what you're saying about that self-awareness and just kind of that like better management um and not kind of you're not restricting yourself but you kind of like are but in a very like tame way (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's having an understanding is, is you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. And acknowledging that like, and this is the issue with a sort of fast paced society is that you feel like you deserve everything. Well, I should have everything now. And it's like, we have to work. We have to get money. We have to manage it in a certain way and understanding like different ways to plan your spending and different like psychological tricks like you say that you can use on yourself so that you can still enjoy your money, but it's in a controlled manner. Because if you are always impulse spending, you never know where your money's going. You're spending on clothes, you're spending on this, even though you're getting what you want technically in a physical sense on an emotional level, it's stressful because there's a part of you that's going, you shouldn't be doing this. You're spending money that you should be saving. You're spending money that should be going towards debt or bills. And it, and it, I guess it taints the experience of enjoying things where if you can 
have a guilt-free spending pot or you allocate a certain amount of money towards clothes or whatever it is you enjoy, you can really go out and enjoy those purchases guilt-free knowing that you're also able to, you know, pay your bills and save money. And it makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm, absolutely. And I think as well, um, uh, you know, you often hear of stories of people, I think this is especially prevalent in the US where they have a huge salary um, and you hear of people that kind of still live paycheck to paycheck. What is kind of, I guess, some key tips if there was someone who was like that living paycheck to paycheck who was listening, what would be kind of key tips for them? Um, just to kind of improve that um, so they don't have to live from paycheck to paycheck? So I think, first of all, it's about really, uh, on a practical level, having an understanding of where your money is going. Mm. What What is causing you to live paycheck to paycheck? Is it that your bills are really high and it's a really huge portion of your income and you're therefore you don't have much to spend and save is it that you just don't have a clue where your money is going so therefore you're naturally just spending it all is it that you are spending too much in areas that aren't bringing you joy they're just habitual or emotional spend so really getting to understand the numbers and when you can break it down and you can say this is my income this is my fixed expenses and this is how much I need for everyday spending and this is how much I want to, to save or invest. You can then make decisions off the back of those numbers. Do I need to find another way to get a pay rise or get more income? Do I need to stop spending on this specific thing for the short term? Do I need to, do I really need this, this and that? You know, like you can ask yourself those questions and come up with answers because if you're living paycheck to paycheck, most of the time there is a reason and there is a sort of way around it. And then it's about understanding your goals. So what is it that you're actually working towards? Because a lot of the time people live paycheck to paycheck because they go, well, why do I need to save? If I've got enough money to pay my bills and enjoy my money in the now, why would I want to put money aside? And when you can connect on an emotional level with something that you are reaching towards that's bigger than just something that you spend in one paycheck, it's going to help you actually start to build up a pot of money aside from that. And that's kind of like, I guess, the saving element. And saving is such an important part of our financial well-being. So what you don't want to do is get years down the line and then suddenly go, oh, I want to buy a house now or, oh, I want to do this big trip or, oh, I want to quit my job and set up a business. But you go, oh, my God, for the last few years, I've just been working and spending my money and I've got nothing to show for it. Maybe I've got nice memories, but half of it I don't even remember spending. So that's why saving is is so important within living within living paycheck to paycheck. And, and when you can combine the practical, so knowing where your money's going, and then the emotional, so what is it that you're actually working towards, then when it comes to saving, you can do things, do, you know, like use the tip of paying yourself first, which is the day that you get paid. And you're working out your money, you move money into your savings or investments straight away. So you treat it like a bill and then you spend what is left over. And that is not only going to help grow your savings and teach you a good savings habit, but that's going to allow you to do both. It's going to allow you to enjoy your money in the now and save and plan for the future. And that's very important And because the connection between money and mental health is insane. It's like such a big connect and, and, yeah, when, when you do those things, it's going to help you have a peace of mind and feel less stressed. Absolutely. I think those are very great tips. I find, yeah, it's very easy you know, when you get paid that you see all this money, you're like, oh my God, I should spend it all. But that is yeah. definitely not a good tip. And I think, yeah, paying yourself yeah. fast, I think, is like absolute must. <laughs> you have to like, you have to save faster than spend after. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you maybe briefly touched on it. What, what do you think, um, how important are values and determining your values and kind of investing and saving? I think we've kind of 
we've talked about a one-to-one before um and how can you how can kind of listeners determine their values around money Mm. yeah values are so important and I think they kind of get overlooked but it's gonna when you understand your financial values it's, it's part of your why so my financial values at the moment are travel and experience or adventure education and health So when it comes to thinking about my goals and thinking about my spending plan or my budget, I want to make sure that I am spending and saving in alignment with those values. It kind of helps more with spending because whatever your goal is, you're putting money aside. And then when it comes to spending, now, obviously, it'd be lovely if we all had unlimited money and we could just do what we wanted. But naturally, we, 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 we do have to make decisions. We've got to pick where do we want our money to go. And what should always be at the top of the funnel, after your bills, of course, is spending money on the things that bring you joy and the things that you value. So there is no one right way to spend your money. One person might love spending their money on eating out and experiences. Someone else might love spending their money on clothes and makeup and beauty. It looks different for everyone. And this is why we shouldn't judge people because we're all individual. But just making sure that am I spending my money in alignment with my values is really key. And you can do a simple exercise where you go back through your spending Look at everywhere you've spent money. Now, obviously, you can't avoid, you know, spending money on a washing machine. No one's values are (laughs) white goods, right? (laughs) There are certain things you can't avoid. But looking, and if you say, oh, I really value health. Health is really important to me. But then you look back for your spending and it's takeaways and it's McDonald's and it's junk food. Well, you're not spending in alignment with your values. So is that really a value? Is that actually something you want to prioritize? Or are you just saying that? And, and it's a really great way to get to know yourself. And I've called myself out for this many times before where I've said I've valued a certain thing, education, and I've got to, I wanted to invest in a course and I've gone, oh, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. But then I've looked back through my spending and gone, well, last month you actually spent on things you didn't care too much about. So you can afford it. It's just a choice of priorities. And that's how you can really start to connect with your money and, and I guess, remove some guilt around spending. Because if it's bringing you joy and it's bringing you value, then it's win. Then it's a win. Mm, absolutely. I, yeah, I think it's it's such a good exercise to do because, yeah, it really makes you, I guess, you're kind of like on a path, aren't you, if you think about it. And if you're kind of, it's very easy in our world, especially, you know, with advertising everywhere, this, this and this, that you're kind of like, oh, that kind of looks nice. Maybe we should kind of try that. But then it's kind of like, actually, as you look look back a month later, you're like, wait, why did I spend on that? So. <laughs> Um, I think yeah. it's it's a very good kind of, I guess, something that you should keep it on subconscious when those kind of things come at you. Um, I think, yeah, so very good advice there. Um, and I think as well to kind of, as we wrap up, what um, is some of the best advice, money advice you've ever received? Um, yeah, tell us a bit about that. So one of them I've already mentioned, which, well, I guess I didn't receive the advice. I've figured the advice out myself (laughs) which is paying yourself first and that's how I've been able to save over 40,000 pounds and invest over 15,000 from paying myself first I think learning how to invest is I guess the second bit of advice that I was given that has I would say completely changed the trajectory of my life because I always just was like right so I'll have a job and I'll save and I'll you know, maybe buy a property, maybe whatever, but I always need to be putting money from my paycheck and holding on to it in cash. And that's how I build wealth. And unless I get an insanely highly paid job, I guess I'll just have a nice amount of savings. Right. And what I actually learn is by having my money held in cash, I'm losing the buying power. And if you want to build wealth over time, you need to be investing into something that beats the inflation rate. And you can only really do that by investing, not saving. 
So when I learned about investing in the stock market, which and everyone who's listening, if you have a pension, you already are an investor. And if you bought a property, that's also an investment. But investing in the stock market is you know, an accessible way for people nowadays to build wealth over time. And I spent some time learning about it. At, well, that's quite a bit of time reading podcasts, YouTubes, you know, all of that. And then I actually created my mini course off the back of that, which is teaching people to invest. And yeah, that's knowledge that I am passing on that I think will, well, it's life changing. I know it changed my life and I know it's changed a lot of lives for people that I've helped. And I think that it's just very empowering, especially if you come from a family or a world where investing was like not even an option. You hadn't even heard of it or you thought it was for rich people. It's like, no, that's how the rich got rich. And it gives you such a financial peace of mind knowing that you're building your wealth for the future, for the long term. And you don't have to rely on anyone. You don't have to rely on a job. You don't have to rely on a man. You don't have to rely on the, you know, the government. You rely on yourself. And I think that would be, uh, that's the, the top of the chart for me. Mm, I love that. And I think, especially as like, we're both women. So I think um, it's, it's definitely, you know, a, a big thing. And especially, um, so actually, I was talking to my grandmother about this. And she, my grandfather passed away a few uh, years ago, and she had to kind of take on all the money management. All of these. She was like, I've never done this before. Like, yeah. what do I do? So it's kind of like, I think it's so important as women that we we do learn these things that we uh, equally um you know we are very much equally as capable as men to be able to invest money and actually women have been proven to be better investors than men in some cases so mm-hmm. I think it's definitely um such an important thing to educate yourself on what a kind of you mentioned you did some courses are there anything kind of that you can share that is quite accessible for people that are listening yeah I mean I mainly read sort of books so I read like the little common sense book of investing and I read um rich dad poor dad um and I watched loads of different YouTube videos like quite literally I I, I would read um articles from like Investopedia and The Motley Fool and I would read and there would be a word and I'd be like I don't even know what that means so then I would google it and I was sort of building up this knowledge base and it was it was more so from those kind of things like online articles that I trusted um, and I was also very lucky that I had a friend that was a wealth manager. I didn't know who he was, but I put up on Instagram, oh my God, like this is crazy about investing. And he was like, I actually work in the industry. Do you want my help? And I was like, yep. So we went for a beer one day and I spent a couple of hours and he just explained everything to me, which is a lot of what I teach in my course. It's like a broken down version of that. Um, and there is so much information out there and everybody learns in a different way, but it's making sure I'd say that you understand the key concepts and language um, and what investing is going to do for your money and, and the different ways that you can do it. Um, and then really, it's a matter of just having the mindset and the confidence to get started. I think especially as women, we can over educate ourselves and we, we we're like, we need all of the knowledge. We need 100 percent knowledge before we even get started. Well, actually, as long as we've got the baseline um we can then sort of we we can build up from that and we don't want to lose years by not investing absolutely that's very very great advice and my final question for you is what is kind of yeah your vision for the future and for your for your business as well so i think i guess the vision and that the future is i get right now i'm still trying seeing what i like you know i do a lot of different things i do one-to-ones i do workshops i do talks events i've got my podcast i do content um and at some point that either needs to slow i need to do less or i need to have a whole team working with me um but i guess the vision for the future is to be able to help people to understand that money is a tool and money is a tool that you can use to 
achieve and reach whatever goal you have. And I want to help people understand that and unlock their own potential and not let money be the thing that holds people back from going after what they want and using the tools around money mindset and financial psychology to help people understand how they can apply that to their life and that money doesn't need to be this big scary thing so I think yeah long term I'm thinking more of the same thing just bigger stages and a bigger audience that is amazing thank you so much